This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. We have guests on our show, by the way, episode 114. We have guests on our show that come on. And, you know, there are times where you're just, you're like, okay, do they know what time? Do they know they're coming on? Like, what, you know, we never have to wonder with you. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like clockwork, baby. It's like 930. Riv just goes, I go, JR is ready. It was 929. Riv goes, so what are we talking about today? <laughs> it's 9, 929. And I go, JR is ready. And he goes, fuck's his problem <laughs> i'm excited to talk to my boys man I'm excited to talk to my boys that's it look at like what'd you do last night so last night i, ha- I was in a golf tournament yesterday and by the way marcus allen's golf tournament it's for his charity his foundation and when i tell you there are some big big shooters there julius irving reggie jackson grant fear Byron Scott, Tim Brown, I mean, Richard Dent, uh, oh my gosh, Vince, Vince Coleman, uh, Andre Reed. I'm telling you, it was the Kiki Vandeway. Uh, I mean, how did you, you get in? Jer- Jerome Bettis, <laughs> Jerome Bettis, John Elway. I mean, it was sick. It was sick. So I did that and then, um, you know, just came back and had a quick dinner with with Tracy and watched the hockey game and was blown away by that third period. And then you looked like you were in one. Yeah. Well, just long couple days, long couple <laughs> that's, days. That's what I'm getting Ooh. at. You look like shit right Ooh. now. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. That's cause it's, that's cause it's Tuesday. Wait, pump you gotta your, wait pump, to the end of the week. Pump your no filter thing. What do you got going on? So right now we're, we're starting, um, we're starting a new show called Master Debaters with myself, Sean Salisbury, and Eric Burns. We'll do, be doing that for a week. Master Debaters? Uh, for a week. Master Debaters. Oh, jeez. It's my ear Get your mind out of the gutter. Get your mind out of the gutter. Okay. Get your mind out of the gutter. Get your mind out of the gutter. But yeah. Well, he is. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's doing a hockey show. That is exactly what hockey is right yeah. there. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, you know, it's kind of similar to what we're doing um, on, a, on a little bit different scale. but. Um, and then at some point I'll get back into, into my, my own personal show, but really um, I want to find a different angle. So I'm just kind of waiting to see what I want to do. All right. Well, I, I saw want to save my ho- I want to see, I want to save my hockey for you guys. That's pretty much oh, it. I saw you were doing something. Now the one guy's a baseball player. Yeah. Eric Burns, Eric Burns. Yeah. Is yeah. he still currently play? No, no. Okay. He's crazy. He, he runs like 26 miles every day. Like you no guys sh- nuts. No yeah. shit. I think he holds a record for the most golf holes played in 24 hours. Get well, how many world records? How many? Yes. 24 hours. How many? Well, how I many know there's a charity play? golf tournament here in Buffalo. That's 24 hours. It's called the hundred holes of golf, or maybe it's just a hundred holes of golf and maybe they don't do it in 24 hours. That might be impossible. I don't know. So how many holes in, of golf in 24 hours? Yep. Well, okay. Let's see. You can probably yeah, play. obviously obviously he's a runner and obviously it's a speed thing. So okay. twenty four oh, hours. Yeah. Okay, twenty four hours. So I'm gonna say you can probably play a hole every six minutes. That's nah, for twenty four hours. No, that's a lot. So let's say ten minutes a hole. Uh so ten minutes a hole. So six holes an hour. 
Um, 130 holes. Rip? Um, that was a good guess, Petey. I'm going to go with 100 and... This is right here, JR. 40, go, huh? <laughs> 140 an hour. An hour. For, uh, for for uh for twenty four uh, hours. Yeah. Four hundred and fifteen. Shut up. What? Yep. Four hundred and fifteen holes. Okay, you know, hold on a second. Putt, putt putt or like what, how is that even possible? Are the par threes? Just he he literally just ran and hit the ball and kept running, hitting the ball, kept running. How ball, many did you say? Four hundred and what? Like four hundred, four hundred and twelve, four hundred and fifteen, something like 412 that. divided by twenty-four. 17 holes an hour. So, or 17 holes. Yeah, 17 holes an hour. So, divide that by 60. No, you don't. You yeah, do. why, would that, why would that divide be by fun. 17? Like, what is he thinking? It's You're doing that for 24 for hours? Well, he also he also ran from San Francisco to Chicago and, and a bike from Chicago to New York. That's sure. a hole every, every three and a half minutes. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. Okay. He's All an right. insane. He's an he's an insane person. And when sometimes when we do the podcast, he does the podcast r- while running on the treadmill. The guy is just a freak of nature. He's just a freak of nature. I hate people so, that can talk and run at the same time. I can't even breathe and run. At the same time. <laughs> anyway, I got to read something, Jr. I got to read something to you before we get into it because I have a thought um, about the hockey world right now, and I, I don't know what you guys are going to make of it, but I need to read this to you. So as I mentioned off the start of the show, this is episode 114. So yesterday would have been what, Craig? Uh, There you go. 13, yep. This was a text or an email because our email to our show is open on our Twitter account. Okay, so we can get people can direct message us or email us. So this was an email from Steve. And he writes, no, yesterday, let let me preface this with, Craig was extremely heated yesterday on a topic that if he wants to bring up with you, you can ask him with afterward, but he was very heated, very passionate. He tore into me. He tore into Elliot Friedman. And basically this guy writes this. He writes, I wish I could bottle episode 113 Craig and put it in my coffee every morning just to see if my poop thunders through the commode. (laughs) I wish I could melt Episode 113, Craig, into a roll of nickels, put them in my fist, and punch every elevator crop duster in their smug faces. I wish I could could teleport episode 113, Craig, to 1942 and watch him single-handedly dismantle Fortress Europe with Moxie and his bare hands. This guy put some thought into this email, right? It's a, it's 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 pretty intelligent. It's a pretty intelligent uh, email while while being extremely funny at the same time. I wish I could coat episode one thirteen, Craig, onto my screen door to increase rigidity, so when the UPS driver pulls up, my dog will simply bounce off instead of plow through and cost me sixty dollars every time. I could go on, <laughs> Steve Kellner. I'm sorry, I missed that episode. Looks like I'm. I know what I'm doing this afternoon. 
uh, well, in the car listening to episode 113. Well, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was it was just about Patrice Bergeron winning another uh, Selkie trophy. And I guess Craig, Craig was strongly in favor of Barkoff and, you know, voiced his opinion and basically called it an effing joke. And, yeah, there you have it. Yeah, I kind of agree. I kind of agree with Rib. Tell you the truth, that Barkoff does not get the attention <laughs> or the or the I think the the fanfare that he deserves. He's probably the most underrated, one of the most underrated players in the game because of where he plays. If you ask me. All right, so I don't even know what to say. It. Yeah, I, well, you said it yesterday, so yeah. Listen, I mean, I it's Patrice Bergeron is. <clears throat> When you think of him, you think of Selka Trophy. He has been voted. I don't know how the last 13 years he's been voted. You know, like, I mean, he is truly an incredible player. There's there's no debating that. He's always going to be in, in the running for the Selkie. My thing is Alexander Barkov was an absolute freak this year. He had 30. And they, and they not won, only is he a great won. defender, because we're talking and they about won number one, number one team in the league, too. Yeah. Number, number one, one team, team in, the in the league, plus 36. He had in 67 games, he had 39 goals in 88 points. He's playing against the best players on every single team every night. He's also on the number one penalty kill. Okay with uh, this young kid, uh, Lindell, uh, their first rounder, who's 20 years old. I mean, he's on the ice, taking draws, last couple minutes of the game. He is out there all the time. He is an absolute stud. So my question is, how the hell are you picking Patrice Bergeron? Canadian. Like, there's, we're talking 23... <laughs> 23 less points. Canadian. 14 less goals in in six less games. He has 10 less pluses in the plus minus column. Like, I mean, I I, I don't know. Just All right. Confused, right. Well, we don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but Jr., yeah. if you if you care to again, comment, again, it's just, again, it's the same thing that we're talking about with the Hall of Fame. It does the, the, the stats doesn't matter. It's who likes you. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a popularity contest. You know who your buddies are, right? Who, where you come from, all that. I kind agree. Of stuff. I agree with that, and it's not because it's coming from you. I just, you know, I was always told about the quote unquote old boys club. You know what I mean? Like you hear about it all the time, and then it's just mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's real. It's it's real, and and they never go away. They never go. No, away. They but you know what's away. great about it is that it's avoidable. <laughs> hey. It's avoidable, you know, if you if you want to avoid it. But I mean, I just, yeah, I I agree with you. It's it is, uh, it is a good old boys club. Regurgitate, regurgitate, regurgitate. regurgitate. Yeah, it's, that's why you know what, and that's why I loved what Montreal Canadiens did hiring Marty St. Louis. I, I that's why I loved it. That's why I absolutely loved it. I, I mean, it was it was unorthodox. It was an I don't give a shit what people think move, and it wasn't a regurgitation of you know, another coach, you know, or not regurgitation, but just, a you know, recycling, recycling. Thank you. Recycling of, 
you know, the old boys, you know, the old boys club, the old coaches club. Um, speaking of which, how about Cassidy got canned yesterday? Is that a, is Can't that because it. shocking? You, is it shocking? shocking? Shocking to me. I mean, that team has been one of, is one of the most consistent teams over the last, what, 10 seven, years, yeah, seven, years? seven, eight years. Yeah. I mean, again, they, they haven't missed the playoffs. They have been, I mean, and granted they've, they've had a lot of injuries. They've lost some players. You know, they lost Tory Krug, which was a big loss, um, you know, a couple of years ago. They still stay, they still stay competitive. They lost Chara. They still stay competitive. Um, they lost Tuca. They still stay competitive. And even though they lost in the first round, they lost to a, a really good hockey team. And, and Cassidy has done, I don't, I, I don't see him as, has he had a, one losing record in any of those seasons? And you gas him? I mean, there, there has to be something more in, in, you know, interior going on. You can't just say, oh, we just need a different, a different path or a different voice in the locker room. Why, why, why fire consistency? Why fire what's, what's working for you? I no. don't know. I, you know, that's weird. That's strange. Something, there's something, there's something I think has to be. Well, let me ask you, you know, something. If inner, inner turmoil. Let's let me ask. Okay, well, let me ask you this. I don't know if it is or isn't, but you guys can tell me uh, better what you think of this. What if Barry Trotz would go to Boston? Is Cassidy is Trotz good enough, and, uh, and does that make it worthwhile firing Cassidy to bring in a well, guy I mean, like if you can if you can get Trotz? How much better are you going to get? Cassidy's not not had a losing season with the Bruins, has he, Riv? No, he doesn't have a, his, he hasn't had a losing season. His record I mean, with the what, Bruins right Trotz, now. What's Barry Trotz going to give you? Uh, four more wins, five more wins. Are they? Is he going to make a difference in the playoffs? I, I, possible, maybe. I, yeah. but I don't. I don't see it. Not not with as good as a coach that you know that Butchie was or is. He'll get another job somewhere quick. Yeah. The only the only real. Um, answer to this is you know Sweeney looking at uh, Bruce Cassidy and just saying listen he's been here for a number of years now I don't want the environment to be stale um, I'm kind of standing on the last legs of this kind of uh, not dynasty team but uh, you know the the um, the top years of a Bergeron sort of uh, Marchand guys like that. And maybe they just want a new voice. You know, are, are they going to get better by getting a better coach? No, because they're arguably right now is not a better coach. He is one of the top coaches in the game. He does it. He, he really is a, a, an elite, an elite coach. And right now, you know, you can bring in Barry Trotz but it doesn't make the team better. Just gives them a new voice. It might elevate some players. Maybe Barry Trotz sees players on the team a little bit differently and gives them more opportunity. And they take a they take that opportunity and run with it. That's kind of what you're looking for, right? But uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of coaches out there. I mean, I kind of, I kind of, yeah, there are, and I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder. Like I said, it, it could be a. a, a a, a difference of opinion in the course of the team where the team trajectory is going and how they want to do it. Maybe 
maybe you know Bruce wanted to go one way with the style of hockey and and Cam and and Don want to go another so they just part ways but I also also take into consideration you know I don't know what Bruce is like in the locker room what his his temperament is like um I played with him he's an amazing guy he's very calm but I wonder does he rub the, some of the players the wrong way are some of the players not happy with the way he coaches and maybe in the exit meetings, some things were voiced by the players, which would the players make that decision? There's so many different questions that, that come into play here because that's possible. It's very possible. With well, isn't Krejci a UFA? Player. Isn't Krejci UFA? Krejci. Um, he's gone. He, he left. Fuck Krejci. last year. Not Krejci. Um, not Krejci. <laughs> Not Bergeron. Bergeron. Oh my God, Bergeron! Like, oh. Bergeron. Holy yeah. jumping, man! I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm reading something here, and I'm, I'm listening, but I'm also like, I'm, yeah, Bergeron. So you don't think that's one of the things I read was Bergeron uh, might have said, you know, you want me back? He's got to go. I want the coach. It could be. It could be. I mean, I don't. I can't. God, see, I'd love like, to see Bergeron go someplace else. Just, just me. Just me. He's he's he is literally the pinnacle of what I look at when I when I just think of a a player that I would want on my team to coach, and he he is that he is the pinnacle. Uh, well, also love- Pasternak has one year. You don't think he might be a little vocal too? Like, hey, you want me? You want? A, we got to see what this team's like without Cassidy. You know what I mean? Like if Bergie's yeah. coming back and I, you want me to stay, like f- fucking get rid of this guy and let's bring in somebody else. Sorry, Rib, I totally cut you off there. I was just looking no, at contracts. Th- no, no I, I, I know what you're saying too. Like they're, I've been saying this kind of for, for like, uh, you know, one or two years now that, you know, Boston, you know, they had, they had uh, the big Z there and the big Z was getting up in age and it was at that point where, you were starting to wonder, are they going to move on from Big Z? When are they going to move? What, what are they going to do with, you know, Brad Marchand's not young. Like, I don't know if you guys, you know, look at, you know, his age, look at the, the Boston Bruins teams. Like, Brad Marchand is an unbelievable hockey player. Like, I absolutely love Brad Marchand. But he's 34 years old. Um. And he's and he's getting he's getting up there. So you start to ask yourself, could there be a transition changing from of the guard. a changing of the guard? Um, you know, I these are questions that I don't know. I think Patrice Bergeron is is still playing top end hockey, but well, their know. window's three years. Marshawn yeah, has Marshawn has three, three years. years. Taylor Hall has three years. Coyle has four years. Like their their window. But I'm not even talking contracts. I'm talking level of play. There's a difference between. I'm saying to win. Yeah, but if you do that, if you if you do have a window, why do you get rid of the coach that's put in so much work and put into now you got to bring a whole new coach in, a whole new mentality, a whole new system, a whole new relationship, get that trust in. I mean, it's not saying. I mean, look what look what. Um, um, look what the, um, what's his name did in New York. I mean, just absolutely spectacular. Rick Lant, yeah. Um, and by the way, he his firing from Vegas was even more shocking than Cassidy's. 
So I don't know. It's weird. Some of these firings and why they're doing it. I mean, why did Barry Trotz, you know, leave the island? I mean, he was he he turned that Islander team, with the exception of last year, into a playoff high quality team, and then boom, gone. And you can you could give the Islanders every excuse in the world to for struggling this year with the start of the season, thirteen games on the road, you know, and, and then COVID situation and all that shit. But anyway, um, Riv, any more to add on on that? Because there's a point I want to make about our phone call last night. Well, I was just going to say, like, it, the last thing I want to say, if we're if we're uh, ending the 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 coaches uh, discussion here, there is a lot. Of coaches and um, you know with Bruce Cassidy being added to the list he goes on a list with Barry Trotz Rick Tockett John Tortorella Jim Montgomery you have Mike Babcock you have Claude Julian you have a possible Joel Quenville you have a Jerry Colton you have a Travis Green Jeez. You have an Alain so Vigneault. Happy. So, so happy you just said Travis Green. Good for you. Go Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Al- Alain Vigneault. Dominic Descharm. Uh, Dave Tippett. Paul Maurice. Holy shit. Jeff Blasshill. Mike Yo, Rick Bonus. How and then there's that list. Then there's some guys in the junior ranks without oh, no, naming no, no. names that I'm are on up and coming. Shit, NHL hockey coaches. And then there is a huge list of WHL, OHL, Quebec Major Junior, USHL. You got college guys from AHL. It's. I mean. There is a lot of coaches. A lot of egos are going to have to be checked, AJR, eh, when these guys are yeah, all, well, all I, taking assistant yeah. coaching jobs. Yeah, I just, I just hope Mike Yo goes to, goes to a, a East Coast Hockey League team coaches about down there. <laughs> Not a fan, eh? Yeah. Well, listen, I, I no. don't, I, I, I think he made, he made a decision, and um, I don't know if we'll ever, I don't know if we'll ever get the truth of who made that decision. And I don't know who made the decision. Was it, was it, uh, the GM still goes down, still, still goes down to the coach, man. Coach, coach makes the decision. Well, not, not if it comes from the GM and says, listen, I want to see some young players. Our team sucks. Well, well then you, then as a coach, you say, okay, well then I'll play seven D I'll play seven D there you go. And, okay. And eleven forwards, 100%. and we'll we'll negotiate at that aspect. You know, I was there having this conversation. I was having this conversation with my other boys on No Filter the other day. It's like that San Francisco, the uh, that pitcher had a no hitter going through seven. He had a he had a no hitter, and yeah. he only threw like he only threw like seventy eight pitches, and the and the and the manager took him out of the game in the seventh inning with a no hitter going. I mean, what's that? The, the mentality of decisions like that, it just boggles my brain. Like, what are you thinking? Yeah. Like, I, how, it's. How many of those coaches, guys, do you think will never see coach in the NHL again? Because there's too many on there. Handful. there be... Handful. Probably, probably seven, eight of well, them. Well, let's play. start with That's the top. Good. Torts will have a job. Rick Tockett will have a job. John Tortorella will have a job. Jim Montgomery, 
I do not think we'll have a job. Mike Babcock, I do not think we'll have a job. Bruce Cassidy will definitely have a job. Claude Julian, it's a tough one. It's a tough one because, uh, you know, he had some health uh, issues. Um, He's got hockey you know, advisor all, like written all over him. Eh? Like I'd bring him in well, as a he's, hockey He's coached in multiple different teams. I had him in Montreal and I, I, you asked me about him, Petey, and I told you that he was one of my favorite coaches I had. He's, hmm. he's really tough but really kind of like more of a player's coach, if you know what I'm saying. Like he was tough, but he he talked to you and he was fair, definitely fair. He was a really good person too. And you liked, you liked to play for him. And uh, I like Claude Julian. So I, he, did he not just coach the uh, world championship? I I didn't watch a lick of the world championship. Who won that, by the way? Did Finland. Canada win that? Finland, Finland that. beat okay. Canada in the final. Okay, yeah. I think uh, Claude Julian was coaching that team. So I think you'll see Claude Julian back. Joel Quenville, um, I don't think you'll we'll see him back. back. You'll be seeing him back. You will? Yeah. Is that a gut thing or is that a, a knowledge thing, an information thing? Is that like, what, what, why do you say that with such certainty? It's a gut thing. It's a gut. Yeah. Yeah, it's a guy. I don't know anything. Okay. I don't talk to anybody. So, it's just Jeremy Colleton. Um, no, no. I I would think that he will coach in this league again, and the reason why is he is extremely young person. Like he is a yeah. very very young guy. So he had the opportunity to coach the Blackhawks for a few years. Did not was not disastrous, you know. Like he mm-hmm. he was missing his captain and Jonathan Taves for a full year, and there was there was just uh, you know the direction of Chicago. They're still trying to figure that out, but um, I think he might coach in the league again, Jeremy Carlton. And I'm not I don't know much about him, but it's just because of his age. He might have to take a position. Um, to coach a, uh, a team in the minors as a head coach or be an assistant coach. But he's so young that I could see him have, have another shot at it, but maybe in a number of years from now. Travis, Green, Are you in I agreement think, right now with uh, Riv's list, JR, with who's coming back and who's not? Uh, I, don't, I don't agree with Carlton. Um, but everybody else, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty much on. Okay. And I, I know, and I see, he's just saying Travis Green. Travis Green will, def- will definitely have a job again. That yep. was amazing. I agree. Ale Vino. I don't know mm. if Ale Vino is going to want to coach again, to be honest with you. He's he's going to ride out in the sunset. He's still got, I think, three years left on his $25 million deal. He's just going to go and hang out in the Bahamas for three years. JR, you ever hear Riv's nickname for him? No. What is it? <laughs> yeah. Gant. What is it? Gant. Yeah. For arrogant. <laughs> uh, uh, Dave Tippett. Oh, God, that's so funny. I don't think Dave Tippett will be in the league again. That's just me personally. He's done great things, but I think his just time is up. Paul Maurice, I think, will be back in the game. I think he needs a couple years to regroup. That guy's been coaching since he was what? When did when did he start in the in the National Hockey League? I think it was the youngest in the league, right? Yeah, I think he was. He came out of like, uh, Detroit Junior Whalers. Why That's do you, you you grunted at that one? 
No, I no, I I I think Maurice will oh, get a job. Okay, okay, I, okay. I, 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 thought... I think I think he's I think he's a good coach. I, I think he will get another job. How many more right. on the list, Riv? Well, kill, we just got a couple killing more. my vibe here. So, so Paul Maurice is is going to be back. I just think he needs a couple of years to regroup. He's been doing this a really long time. You got Jeff Blashill. I think he will be no. back in the league. No chance. No. No yep, chance. I think he'll be back in the league. He was given the biggest piece of crap when when um, who left that team? Um, Babcock and. They were they were in a complete complete transition. They lost all their star players. They started from scratch, and you know, fine. Yeah, how about this? Not, that that team, that team was not competitive until this year. Okay, but With they were years, literally one of the worst teams in the league for the last number of years. And they stayed that way for those years without any without any improvement. So I I don't agree. But go ahead, um, Mike Yo. East Coast Hockey League. There we go. East Coast. East Coast. Rick Bonus. I thought Rick did a great job in Dallas. I I just don't know. I think I think why Rick did he step liked, away then? Because I think he likes being an assistant more than being the top guy. Um, he's been an assistant in so many different capacities, and he is such a that's the that's a mentality for him. He likes that role. I just don't think he wants to be the head guy. I think he wants to be a backup and be able more of the player relationship, yeah. you know, look, watching tape, you know, stuff like that. That's, I mean, he was so good. He's such a, he was such a good head uh, assistant coach with me. I can see him wanting to be an assistant coach again. All right. How many more on the list? Nope. That's it. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, so you're right. Maybe a handful, maybe a handful we'll never see again. Well, Barry Jots, Barry Jots will be in. He'll, he'll get another job. Yeah, I mean he's he'll be first. I feel like the domino. Everyone's waiting for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one we the one that you didn't mention, who I can't stand, but he 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 seems to. And I don't know if you played for him, Riv, or know him is Michelle Terrian. We didn't talk, didn't bring his name up in terms of head coach. But yeah, I don't I, I don't but, think Michelle will ever coach in in the NHL again. No, I don't think so either. No. And as and much as me, like, let, I, let, I enjoyed my add, time let me with add, him in Montreal. Let me, let me add to it. I hope he doesn't. <laughs> okay. All right. Fuck, I love the honesty. The honesty is where the humor is. <laughs> okay, so listen. I called Craig last night after Edmonton was eliminated, and I, I, I want your opinion on this, JR. I said to Craig, Connor McDavid... There's two, there's two points to this. The first one, we're going we're gonna to separate them. Connor McDavid will go down as the greatest hockey player to never win. Um, I, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to disagree with that because I think at some point, Connor McDavid is going to be smart enough, a smart enough person to know that he's going to have to get out of Edmonton. And when his contract is up, that he's got to go, even though he's going to feel loyal to Edmonton. When you're that good, when you're that good, you're going to, you're going to win. What other player was that good that didn't win, that didn't make their team, that didn't bring their team to a championship by himself? 
which, and you will say, he is the most talented player that I have ever seen in my life, most talented. Now, he won't break Gretzky's records, but again, different times, time period, different goaltending, different defensemen, different everything. But if you take if you take Connor McDavid talent wise and put him next to Mario or Gretz, there's not even a comparison to who is more electrifying, who's more unbelievable with the puck, who does things on a on a shiftly basis that is just incredible. Um, in this day and age, to have a player that good, um, I think he will win at some point, but it won't be an end of it. Well, it's 25 years old. He's got four more years at $12.5 million. So he's not getting out of Edmonton until he's 29, 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's going to be taking some super hometown discount for the best team in the league, and that's how he's going to win? Maybe. Possible. Why are you laughing? <laughs> But it's I mean, how but, you said it because I, I, I get the sarcasm in, in how you ask the question because it's you're asking it, you're being a dick when really all you have I, to say is, I'm what's not, he, how well, much is he? You could have asked it in a, in a better way, but you asked it in the Craig way, which is, it, you know, you're looking for a reaction. You're just being a, a dick. That's why I laughed. So carry on. No, I think, no, I think he's, I think he's making a good point by saying, you know, listen, it's, it, it comes down to he's that. Connor McDavid, with this one contract, has made enough money to last him the rest of his life. That's obviously. So then it comes about? down. Then it comes down to does is is he want does he want to go down as one of the as the greatest player, or does he want to go down in history as the greatest player that you said that has never won a cup? And if all all image that we see of Connor McDavid is is right because he's level of excellence, the way he works, the way he trains, the way he presents himself. It's the Gretzky, it's, it's the Gretzky, Sidney Crosby, Mario Lemieux. Um, Steve Eiserman. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's in that mold where winning is everything, right? It's not anything, it's everything. You know, there comes a point where he's going to have to make that decision or, he's gonna, or is he going to make a money decision? And I don't think he's going to make a money decision. Would the league allow him to go and like, if he's 29 years old, okay, 25, 26, 27, 28. So he's, he's signing a contract in the summer with a new team. He's an unrestricted free agent Would the, and he's 29 years old, probably still in his prime. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Is the league going to allow Connor McDavid to go and sign with a team at the time? is the top team in the league. Are they going to allow him to go and sign for like a million bucks? Oh, it wouldn't, be say, that, it wouldn't be that low. Why not? Because he, because he's still going to be at, the, at 30. Look at Marshawn. He's 34. He's still dominating. Okay. McDavid's still going to be dominant at 29, 30 if he's healthy. Okay. So that's not, so, but that's not, so the, the number isn't a million. It's win. like, no, the number isn't a million. It's like eight, 9 million. Well, because, because by that time the cap will be up the, you know, like Players will be making 14, 15 million by that time. So if he takes seven and a half million, that to me is a hometown discount for McDavid at 30 years old. Not a million. I agree. That's that's a million dollars. I mean, no, I'm not even talking a million. I'm talking like go and take Why the greatest just go player sign ever. A one year deal. Go sign a one year deal. 
You do that. You do that at the end of your at the end of your career. You do that. You do that at the end of your career. You you, you sign for a million or the the minimum like Joe like Jumbo did to try to win. You don't Spezza, do that. Spezza, Giordano, you don't do, yeah. those guys. Yeah. Drew. I get it, but why wouldn't you do it? He's just coming off a hundred million dollar deal. Money is not the option. Okay, it's not. It's not the the sole reason why he's playing the game. You play the game to hoist the Stanley Cup over your head. Like and he has you, a legacy he has to chase here. Sure does. And that's what that I think that's that's why it's the great question. Will we will see how really motivated and dedicated he is to to the actual winning of a Stanley Cup more than anything in his next his next signing. More than anything. So we'll get it. I mean, we all see and expect and know, and think we know what what goes through Connor McDavid's head and how he how he plays, how he presents himself, how he trains, how he you know how he prepares. But you know, he's not winning in Edmonton. That is a long fucking existence in the National Hockey League, living in Edmonton and losing. Fuck me. Yeah. I, mean, I agree. Listen, I, I agree. Like, and then you look across and, you know, listen, I mean, the Colorado avalanche went through some tough times themselves, right? They were horrendously bad, you know, years and years ago. One of the worst full seasons ever. Remember they had like 48 points one year. It was just, I thought it was from, even they less than worst that. to first. They went from worst to first. It was probably one of the worst seasons in the last 30 years. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. But you know what? The first next year. You know the difference between Edmonton and this is where Connor McDavid's probably just fucking losing it when he goes home at night. Is he sits he sits across and he looks at Nugent Hopkins and he looks at uh, you know um, Drysidle and he's got some good hockey players around him. But it's the bottom end guys. It's it's the it's the guys like when you look at Joe Sackick, he went out and got you know Nazem Kadri. Okay, he went and signed uh, Valerie Nikushkin. He went and picked up Barikoski, Andre Barakoski for fucking nothing. Um, he went and got Terry uh, Lettinen, who just yeah. he is the I, I, I watched on uh, I can't remember what channel it was, but he is the first player since 1938 to score. Back-to-back. An overtime goal to put their put his team, team into the Stanley the Cup finals. finals. Now, he did it last year when he played for the Montreal Canadiens. And he did it this year with Colorado Avalanche. The first, the first player since 1938 to do it. He's another guy that was brought in here to, to, mm-hmm. to, to play a role. I mean, it's just like... I mean, Taves, same way on the defensive side. You can even say, you can even say Cogliano, who... You know who doesn't put points on the board, but he scored a big, a couple Super big goals. Super fast veteran you know, player. Veteran player. You want to talk about a guy who you know he he hurt his hand last night blocking a shot, right? Yeah. That's those little things that are so key to winning championships and winning series and winning games. You know, that's a veteran. That's a veteran move to bring in a guy like that. I mean, I totally agree with you. Um, I. Uh... I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just thinking about last night's game when you said uh, he broke his hand. He came through the line. He went through the line without his gloves on. You know, with the bad hand and everything. Can, I just want to say this about 
why don't they pick up the trophy after they win it and take it and enjoy it? I hate this superstitious bullshit. The league needs to step in and say, take the fucking trophy to the locker room. Everybody, east, west, grab the trophy, take it in the room, enjoy it, make it look like it's it's like worthwhile for crying out loud. They just sit there, yeah, take a picture, it? and fucking yeah, leave the it? thing. Yeah, but is it? What did Ricky Bobby say? <laughs> what did Ricky Bobby say? Riff, it was, riff, it was riff, and by riff, the way, riff, hey, sh, riff, it was Ricky riff, Bobby's what, father. What, what does Ricky Bo- what, what did Ricky Bobby say? What's his What's his quote, Riv? What is it? Come on, Riv. High quality H two O. No, that that's that's Adam Sandler. That's Waterboy. Okay, wrong movie. <laughs> Ricky Bobby. Uh, oh, that's um. Okay, Will Ferrell. Yeah, uh, I have no idea. If you're not first, you're last. <laughs> If you're oh, not first, first you're last. They won the West, so enjoy the so, Western Trophy. You no know, man. no man, no man. I totally disagree with you. Fuck. I trophy. totally disagree <laughs> with you too because part of the uh, part of the fun of staying up to watch them get the trophy is to see if they're going to pick it up or they're not going to. It's the it only up. reason why I stuck around. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, and I goes, and the other funny even, thing is Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson had an interview after the game. And he was, uh, they were asked about, because Joe Sackick, the GM, came down down right by the bench, and they were discussing as uh, the leadership group, and uh, Rick, uh, Joe Sackick said, you guys do what you want. If you want to pick it up, pick it up. If you don't want to touch it, don't touch it. I'll leave it up to you guys. Two players touched it. Two captains touched it. Landis Gog and McKinnon. They had their hand on it. They didn't pick it up. They showed they they showed their passion for it. Thank you very much. Gave it a little pat. Thank you. Way to go. Now on to the next. On to the on to the dance. And I think that's what. We're, listen, when when Alex Ovechkin won a Stanley Cup, he won the Conn Smythe Trophy as the most valuable player. He picked that trophy up and took it right to the bench and put it down. Didn't put it over his head. Didn't carry it. Could give two shits about it. He couldn't wait to grab that Stanley Cup. Every other thing didn't matter. And I think that's the same. It's the same way. Campbell, tr- Campbell Conference Trophy. Who gives a shit? It's, it's, <laughs> you, can still, you can still come in second. You can still come in second. And if you come in second, you know what? You don't win. I've come in second before, and it sucks. I got nothing for a second. So fuck that trophy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's hey, I, I, got a, I, got a, I got a good question for you. Let's get our money hats on now, right? So I think uh, the odds right now of Colorado to win the Stanley Cup, do you know what it is? It's got to be it's got to be minus 90, 195. It's minus 210, I think. Jesus, that's crazy. And the other teams, the Rangers and the Lightning to win, do you know what it, the, the to win the Stanley Cup playoffs? It's, it's like plus, plus 400. No way. Yeah. I got news for you, boys. Colorado's not winning. <laughs> I'll take that bet. Okay. Okay. Well, here, let's do this because I'm so certain that the Rangers are going to beat Tampa. They should have won game three. It should be three nothing. Yeah, okay. That's true. Yep. And I'm going to say, and I just had this conversation with my brother earlier. He's like, I don't know, man. 
Colorado's got some speed. I don't know if if because I said the Rangers, and the reason why I think the Rangers have firepower. I think they have size. I think they have physicality. I think they have good speed. I think they have physicality, and I think they have I said that twice. I know I did. That's intentional. And I they and they have goaltending. Like Shesterkin versus Frankuz is a, a, I'm not even saying his name right, but yeah, Frank, yeah, Frankuz. And I, you know, even Kemper, even Kemper, give him Kemper. I just, I don't, the Rangers, the Rangers can score and they fucking hit. So, you know, Colorado, I, I I don't know. I, I think, I think the Rangers are going to surprise, shock the world. I uh, listen, uh, Jr. I listen. I think the Rangers are a very, very, very difficult team to play against. Their goaltending, we all know it. Okay, he's mm-hmm. he's been elite all year. Their top six defensemen right now, okay, are all healthy. They're all young, and they're just loving what's going on. You look at their top players: Panarin, Zabanajav, Chris Kreider. You look at all these guys, they're all healthy. It's very, very important. You look at the young line with uh, Heetel and uh, Lafreniere and Kapokaku playing at an unbelievable uh, uh, state right now. A this is concern. their coming out party. Yeah, a little concern with Ryan Strom right now because he did leave the last game and did not return. But he's not a, he's not a game changer, right? Would you agree with that? So, like when um, I look yes, at he's, the a, team, he's, he's a good support. He's a good support. Yeah. Two. When I look at when I look at the Rangers right now, I think they can beat anybody because I think in Colorado they have a great team. There's no question. But, okay, so let's 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 go down. Let's go down to major players. Okay. Do you take McKinnon or do you take Zavanajad? McKinnon. Mm-hmm. McKinnon. Okay, and he's going to be the topic take, of our next take, conversation. Do you take, take, take Rantanen or Panarin? I might say Panarin. It's a question. It's, it's, you can say Panarin. It's fine. Um, I would probably take Panarin. Okay. So the third one will be, which I mean, I'm sure you got Kreider against Landeskog. I'd take Kreider. I mean, it's, it's a tough. Here you got a battle. I, I, a little bit different hockey player. I think uh, Lannis Gog is definitely more physical, does a lot of the mm-hmm. brunt work. Um, but again, I would go with Chris Kreider just because of he's he's had not a coming out party, but you know, he's what, did he score 50 this year? I think he did, right? Oh, yeah, 54 52. maybe 52. Yeah, 52. So I would take Kreider. Okay, then you okay, so that's so that's the, that's the top, the top, the top side. Go on the defense, you take Fox or you take. Kale McCarr. McCarr, but, and, and McCarr to me it, uh, it is way better, but Fox is still super, super, super elite that he can, Incredible. he can hold that title for the Rangers just yes. enough. Like, yeah. like McCarr is better. You're asking the question, JR, are you taking friggin' Paul Coffey or Brian Leach? You know, like, yeah. are you taking like, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, I, don't, I, I don't, they are both good. I think McCarr is, is, is drastically better than Fox. Yeah. But Fox is, yeah, and then I go, think that's keep true. going, keep going, JR on the defense. Yeah. And then you got who's Truba. their second best? Truba, probably their M- Miller, okay. Keandre Miller. Miller, that Ryan uh, Lindgren. I mean, I really like 
I really like the top four guys on the Rangers. And then, you know, as they're five the and six. Is not even, goaltending is the one aspect because you know you win on defense, you win by your goaltending. Look, look, I mean, Tampa's won two mainly because of their goaltending because of how good he has been in, in elite situations. And that Shesterkin right now is he's 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 the best goaltender left in the playoffs playing no i think vasilevsky no he's playing better than vasilevsky he's beating vasilevsky he should have won game three he's playing better than vasilevsky vasilevsky might be a better goaltender in history over the last three or four years and vesna and all that stuff but shesterkin is is the best goaltender still playing right now yeah so i'm still i'm i'm still taking the rangers after this discussion but now they still got to get by Tampa. Tampa. I mean, it's not going to be easy. Fuck, it's only two nothing. It was only two nothing. I mean, and Tampa. I think, I think. I think it goes back to the Rangers two two. Because I think. I think again, when the, they know that they cannot go down three one going back to New York Rangers because going back to Madison Square Garden because they're going to be in trouble. And I. I just think between between Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman, and Vasilevsky, they are going to find a way to win this game and tie it up and go back. It's just that's they're not they're two time Stanley Cup champions. They understand the situation. Yeah. I, you say all those top guys, but you still have guys, these unhit, unwritten, you know, guys that just know how to win in the playoffs. Pilot, you know, Alex Kalorn, Palat, you know, yeah. uh Ross Colton even won a, a Sorelli who doesn't Cirelli. get uh, um, yeah. uh, enough uh enough praise. Paul's McDonough played, Paul's like, played well, you know. Paul's yep. played well. I mean, these these guys they they. I mean, they're they're stacked, you know. So I don't know. I, it, I it's going to be a great series. I, and I think I'm going to be wondering after this series whether they're going to have enough juice to go up against Colorado, who's going to be sitting there for ten days a week, resting up, getting guys back healthy. Then having to go there. and go and uh, climb the altitude. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that's no joke, man. That altitude is is. I remember the first time skating in Colorado. Oh my god! I didn't play that night. We got bagged there. I don't know where we were coming from either, though, like L.A. or something. So you're and, like, and, and Colorado, and Colorado going into Rangers or going into Tampa with that altitude. I mean, the, they feel like that. They, they feel like a like a feather on the ice, skating yeah. around with an oxygen skate tank. Skate forever. Um, but. I'll say this is the other thing I said to uh, Riv last night. Um, I don't, and we talked a lot about McDavid and will he ever win in Edmonton? And and that was, you know, part one of that conversation. The other part of that was, and it kind of goes with things we've touched on here. I don't want to hear anyone tell me right now or for the next little while that Connor McDavid is the best player in the world because he's not. It's Nate McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon is the best player in the world today, set aside the statistics, put the everything else on display. And I think he's just as fast. He's maybe more powerful. He has the same moves. He's got a wicked shot. I mean, he busts his ass every single time. He's physical. He's got some nastiness to him. I think Nate McKinnon is the greatest player in the world right now and might might have been for the last couple of years. Is that I, a stretch? I, yeah, it, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely a stretch, but not a long stretch. But that, but you don't have to say that to make me feel about, better about it. I don't care if I'm way no, off. Hey, listen, I think I think McKinnon is is 
like he is mind blowing when, when I watch him skate the power, his hands, his shot, he does have a mean streak. He'll punch in the mouth. He's, but he's got, he's got, he's got a support system around him uh, that is unbelievable. And look what, look what um, McDavid and Drysaddle did in these playoffs. I think they were two, one, one point or two points shy of a playoff points record. Record, yeah, for thirty and, point guys or something in a in and for they got one ousted, team. And they got ousted in four in the third round. I mean, the, the record was thirty four with winning a Stanley Cup, was it not? Gretz and all them. Probably. I'm surprised that you right now are are saying McKinnon is the is the guy. He is the best player currently right now in the world. Cuz I don't think it's McDavid and I don't think it's uh uh McKinnon. Wow, I can't wait to hear who it is. Is it Shesterkin? No. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a young young boy named Kale McCarr? Kid oh, has Kale 22 McCarr. points in 14 games. He's plus 11. He's playing against the best players on every single team. He's on the power play. He's on the penalty kill. He's on at the last minute of a game. He is the best player in the game. Who shot the puck? Who shot the puck from the point last night? Who got the puck through traffic onto net and uh, letting and tipped it? Kale McCarr. Hey, he he is a Kale McCarr of defense. I'm in the, the the Connor McDavid of defense. There's no question about it. There are so many similarities between those two in their positions. It's insane. It, you know, it's, it's interesting too. It's like when you sit there and and I I had this uh, discussion. Just um, maybe it was you, Pete. It was probably was with you. But we were talking about if you had to pick one defenseman in the National Hockey League, who would you be picking to build your team? And it only comes to the basically two players. It comes to either the Kale McCarr, the you know the the Paul Coffey clone, this that and the other, or you're going Victor Hedman who is still putting up 85 points a year and scoring 20 goals, but he's the best defending player in the National Hockey League. So it's like, who do you take if you want 15 years of glorious hockey? Do you want a guy that's going to put up 85 points a year? Or do you want a guy that's just going to be doing spinoramas like, you know, the Savardian spinorama on defense and then, you know, blowing Deacon guys out and, and, and roofing goals and having this dynamic play? Which is Kale McCarr? And well, you know it's 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 a great it's a great question, Rib, too, because what what you have with Kale McCarr is you can teach defense. You you can't teach offense like Kale McCarr has. I, I think you can teach somebody to play defense better, which Kale McCarr maybe will become a. I mean, I think he's a good defense defensive player now, but can he plus forty eight this player? year? Well, look at this team. I mean, granted, there's no question about that. Um, but you know he does take chances, but that's his nature. Um, I, I do think I do think Hedman has been the best all around defenseman by by far. But what who are you taking, Jr. If you're building a team today and you're Kale moving McCarr. forward with with one I'm defenseman, taking, I'm taking Kale McCarr. I'm gonna take Kale McCarr for sure. And I agree with it. And I, and here's the thing: this is where I'm gonna get in trouble. Because I said Victor Hedman like th- three weeks ago. 
But I mean, Cal McCarr is showing me that he's not only one of the greatest offensive defensemen in the history of the game. Okay. We're talking about a kid who has 180 points in 178 games to start his NHL career. He's only played three seasons. As a defenseman. Yeah. He scored 28 goals this year and had 86 points in 77 games. It has is mind-blowing. How many, how many points did Paul Coffey have in his career? In, uh, what do you mean, like oh, total or in the playoffs? No, no, just in his career. What did he average? The average of point a game? For I would say he oh, yeah. is 1,500 points. I'll pull it up right now. I'm going to go on a limb and say he is 1,500 points. 1,409 games. And 1,500 points? That's what Craig's guessing. What are you guessing? 1,400. Yeah. In nine games. I'm, I'm going to say 1,525. I'm going to go right at a point in the game, 1,420, 14, right around there. 1,531. Wow. How many Craig, games? you are the next contestant on the prizes, right? Games? How many games? 1409. Wow, that's insane. That's insane. <laughs> he, he, but again, but again, but again, different time period, different style players, different style goaltenders, different workout conditions, different shape players, different, you know, everything. Didn't Paul Coffey wear skates that were like two sizes too small? That's like the urban legend about him. Yeah. No, the, his legend was that he wore his skates didn't didn't really have a hollow. That he was very, he didn't have much of an edge. That's so when he came, you, you never saw him do quick, quick turns because he didn't have edges. So his skates were more flat, so that the underneath the ice melted quicker underneath his blades, which is why he was so fast and 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 glided so. Well. And then he played in Edmonton that had the best ice on the planet, right, for most of his career. Yeah, just crazy. But I had heard I had heard he wore skates that were so small that like his toes were like crunched yeah, up. He's like that. he's like an eleven. That. He was like an eleven shoe, and he was wearing like size seven skates. I mean, it's crazy. I did the same thing. So I I wore a ten and a half, and I wore a nine and a quarter skate because if if my toes used to be in my boot like this and like crunk crumpled up. Right, because if you think about it, and it's what I always tell young kids, and so if there are any young kids that are watching this, you know, God forbid, sorry about my language, but if there are young kids watching our podcast or listening to our podcast, when you have skates that are too big, you got to remember we're we're trying to skate on ice in different boots on a little blade, and if your skates are too loose and you're trying to move your foot. And the skate doesn't do exactly what your foot is doing. It, you're not going to have that natural feel of 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 an edge of a turn. So if your foot can be just jammed into a skate, everything that your foot does, that blade does, it's going to feel like you're like you're on two feet. And these people that wear skates too big are never going to be dynamic, great turners, skaters, um, speed wise because there's too much, too much movement. So I totally agree with, with Paul Coffey because I did it the same. Well, Were you barefoot have... in yours? No, 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 no barefoot. Yuck. Disgusting. A lot of Never guys sweating. went barefoot. A lot of guys used to go barefoot. Never. Sweating, sweating the funk in your skates. Ugh, no You're thing. right. Cause sweat doesn't seep through socks. Go ahead, Riff. 
I was yeah, just going to say, soaks it up a lot better than having I, your, I your know, toe yeah. jam in there. We all had, uh, you know, when we played the game, we had, you know, our own curves, flexion on the curve, whether you like grip, uh, the style of the blade, longer, skinnier. We had everything contoured to our bodies. Skates were, were very important. I, I remember that throughout my career, I had uh, somewhat of a skinny foot. I had a smaller heel, a smaller heel uh, uh, end, and a smaller toe cap. Hmm. So I built a skate that had a smaller heel and a smaller half size, smaller toe cap. So when my foot went into that boot, it's just bad. like you said, JR. It was not moving, not moving at all. And yep. that allowed, uh, because you do not want any movement in your skate whatsoever. No. And I understand, no. you know, people, some people are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, well, I got to get my kid, uh, you know, some smaller skates. So they, uh, you know, it, you know, it, it, um, it's something that I, as you get older, heavier, I think is much, much more important that your your skates fit perfectly because it's it's uh it's a big deal it's a big mm-hmm. deal you do not want any movement in your in your in your boot no not no definitely not i totally agree all right anyway, JR. I, I, oh sorry well, go i was gonna say what's okay. what's the big uh topic on your on your agenda what are you what are we missing that you want to talk about before we let you go you know i think we we, we touched all the buttons one thing i did want to talk about is you know i i, I wanted to I wanted to finish this year and, and, and be happy and, and, and be satisfied that, you know, Vander Kane came back and had such a great playoff and played as well as he did. And he just fucking did it again. He just ruined a good, a a great playoff season by the stupidity of that cross check on Nazem Kadri the other day that, and I don't care how good you play when you put somebody into that sort of dangerous position and cross-check somebody in the numbers four feet from the boards. That's how people die. That's how people get paralyzed. And you would think in the game today that players are smart enough to do stuff like that. Um, I, I wanted to say I wanted to say great playoffs to Evander Kane, but he just he just again disappointed me at the end with that stupid play. It just drives me. That's how much I hate that 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 play. From four so, feet off the, so all that you know. build up, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you don't have a reason to go back on it, but I mean, you know, we praised him and praised him and praised him, and we're hoping that. And I wanted are- to finish it. I wanted to finish it, but I do, I do agree. I do believe that you can do one thing that that takes you right back to the question of, of should he, you know, should he have another chance? Should he do this? It's, I mean, I know he's a competitive player. I know he's he had a great playoffs. He's going to get a contract somewhere. But that, that stupidity like that has got has got to leave the game. It's so, do you think that he will re-sign with there Edmonton? Great minds think alike. Yeah, yeah, I think he will. I and what kind will. of money? What kind of money are are they? Because I I had heard something along the lines that they want to sign him to seven million a year for three years, and the Kane camp wants like a seven-year deal. Of course they do. No team, nobody 
He hasn't does he doesn't sorry Jeremy he was asking you but I just we we talked oh, about this right. that's so it's stupid right. three years is too long two yeah. years max because he just you showed can't. he just showed as Jr was saying that you know what right at the very end when emotions are high he loses control or he lost control and it, uh, you know, like, I'm not listen I'm not listen I don't like the play at all I think it was terrible it's a terrible hockey play. But I'm, uh, you know, you're I not, you're not giving him seven years. You're not giving him seven years, Riv. You're not giving him four shit. years. You're not giving him, him three years. I wouldn't sign him at all. I don't give a shit what he did. I am not having him on my team, period. I'm talking about what is his, what's a Vander Kane's mindset and what, what is the league's mindset? A Vander Kane, if I'm a Vander Kane, I'm looking at, maximizing the length of the deal and the term. Okay. That's obviously what everybody wants to do. But if you have Edmonton Oilers that are willing to pay him $7 million a year for three years, 21, Shilly, no, no, yep. I would not take it. I no, would for, be if looking you're, if at, you're, if you're, if you're a Vander Kane. Yes. Yes. Because now Evander Kane played exceptionally well. In Edmonton, he had a great, like an unbelievable playoff, and he also had an unbelievable year. Okay, which is why, which is why he should get three years, which is three years more than he had before he got to Edmonton because he was out of the league. Jr., I want you to put, I want you to put your Evander Kane cap on, not not the uh, Oilers or the league capper. I want you to put Evander Kane's mindset. I want you to be his agent. My thought, and I'm just going to tell you this, my thought with my client is maybe having to take a little bit less per year, but making sure that he gets at least a six-year deal. So if I've got to, if I've got to take, you know, five and a half or, or six million, I would take that over a six-year deal than more money in a short-term deal. Because I believe that I want to meet the person that gives him a six-year deal. Like his agent, as your agent, you are you are nuts if you think that after the. But, but yeah, but he's right though, Petey. He's right. If you're in the he Avenger is right. Camp, he is right. But it's, and I didn't add that. I didn't want to add but that. That's stupid. That's stupid thinking because if I mean, by the way, it, it's not it's not out of the realm of of you know out of the realm that an NHL team is going to give Evander Kane seven million. Because there are, there have been more stupid signings in this game. It's not out of the realm of stupidity that we have seen the National Hockey League managers do signing players to exorbitant contracts for multi, multi, multi years, which have come back to haunt them. Now, I don't know. It's yes. No, I do Greg, think you're Amanda, right. I, but is you're there right, a Jeremy. Team like out you, there. No, no, is there, there is a team out there that will no. pay him a five, six year deal. That's what you have to ask yourself. If you have, if you have, if you have uh, the Edmonton Oilers, they, they got to witness what Evander Kane can do. When Evander Kane was in San Jose, Evander Kane played exceptionally well. Go look at his statistics. They're absolutely incredible. What you're paying this guy is for the product that's on the ice. Okay. Does he have, issues that have followed him for many many years the answer is yes but 
I think teams are so stupid that they're going to sit there and go, you know what? I think he's older now. I think he's 30 years old. I think he learned from all his mistakes. I think we're going to give him a shot because he's an unbelievable hockey player. Yeah. And, and for me, Evander Kane and his representation is going to look at this and say, this is probably your last contract. This could be your last contract. So we're going to maximize the, the years, not the dollar amount, the years. Right now, you have Edmonton wanting to pay him $7 million a year for three years. That's $21 million. I would take less money, $5.5 million on a team, but make sure it's six years. That's $33 million because he needs the length of the contract, not the he dollar does. amount. He does, but no team does. No team. No team. And, and, and forget about the personal stuff that has followed him around. No team is going to give him, I can't believe a three-year deal is on the table. I think that is incredible. Um, but I'm not saying I wouldn't sign him. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, no team. Because Winnipeg, Buffalo, San Jose. All, Who was the leadership on Buffalo when Evander Kane was here? It, it doesn't matter. That, yes, it what, does. No, why does, his, does. Why, why does that fall on, on, on the lack of leadership in the locker room? He was 26 or 25 when he came here. He'd been in the league for eight years. What do you mean? He was supposed to be a leader at that point. Becoming no, he one. Wasn't. Well, becoming Kane's never been a leader in any place that he's ever gone. In no, his but life. you hope that at that point in his career that he's going to learn from the shit that happened in Edmund or in Winnipeg, why they threw his clothes in the, in the shower and all that and, and grow out of that. And then, you know, it, it just doesn't happen. It continues each and every place. He's an individual, which is fine. I, I just think it's too, it's too fresh. It's too, too new. He ha- yes, he's played well on the ice, but he 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 needs to show his maturity off the ice for longer than he has been given to this point. I just think it's a it's a huge gamble. The, uh, you know, three years, two years. I I wouldn't sign him for more than two years to tell you the truth. And same and and make and make him make him have to earn his his in lock because from what I hear, he's a terrible terrible locker room presence right guys don't even want him in the locker room they didn't want him in san jose in the locker room they wanted him out so you have to prove it in the locker room you have to show it on the ice with consistency and not doing the stupid things that he did the other day by almost killing somebody and then you know what he does off the ice right like he, he can't be he can't be in the bars at two o'clock in the morning by himself with a hoodie on the night before a game you know on the road which he has done multiple times. He can't be, he can't lose a half a million dollars in the, in a casino the night before a playoff game. He can't be running off to the all NBA all-star game and missing practice because he wants to hang out with all this, all the NBA celebrities. You know, he can't be sitting on bricks of cash talk like he's talking on the phone, you know, on social media, showing off how much money he has all these little things that he has shown that he has done. Amongst other things, I've just named a few. Two years, if he can, if he can keep that, then then maybe you go for a little bit longer after that. But he just, it's too early. It's too early. He played great. Don't get me wrong. Thirteen goals in the playoffs is amazing. But that's a long term contract. Yeah, I can see Riv. 
that his camp wants that. But if any GM gives him that, then they are cra- they and they are crazier than a shit house rat. And yeah. what what's the cutoff? I think three years is too much. So over three years, you are it's it's career. What is what career is suicide worth? for a general Let's manager? Say, I think in in today's game, in today's game. Let's just take away a Vander Kane, the name, and let's let's put the player, just player A there. A Vander Kane this year in 43 games had 22 goals, 39 points, and he had 25 plus 25 with 60 pims. So he's on pace for 120 penalty minutes. He's on pace for a plus 50. He was on pace for 40 goals and 75 points. He's a power forward. He's super fast. Then he plays in the playoffs. In 15 games, he has 13 goals. He leads the playoffs in goals and has 17 points. Player A, what is this kid worth as an unrestricted free agent? I'd pay him seven and a half for two years. I would oh, my God. Him, I might, I might pay him eight. nine. Might pay, pay him eight and a half. Jeff Skinner got fucking nine million dollars, but okay. now attach his name. No, no, no. I'm not attaching his name yet because you're. We're not. We're not there yet on our number. You want to pay him seven and a half fucking million dollars? Well, how numbers, much is not, how hey, much numbers, is Forsberg getting? Jr. By numbers, by numbers, he's a ten million dollar player. Okay, by there you go. Thank you. Now let's take a deep breath. <laughs> Jr. Ten million dollar guy. You're looking he's like a, you're. Are you, are you about to puke or something? He's a ten million dollar guy. Okay. All day long with what he does because he does everything. Scores, hits, fights. He's he's the perfect gritty, player. Gritty. Yeah. Yep. So now you're sitting there going, okay, now it's a Vander Kane. You have the Edmonton Oilers right now that want to pay him seven million dollars for three years. They want to say, Hey, we gave you your shot. We want you as an unrestricted free agent with you absolutely crushing it in your time here in Edmonton. We want you to give us a discount. Because we know you're worth nine, nine and a half million dollars, but we want you because we brought you in, Evander. To be loyal we, back. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, here, here's here, here's the best part about it. Now there's like 28 other teams that are going, holy shit balls. I might be able to get a Vander Kane on a six-year deal, but we'll pay him only six million dollars. Why not? Why why don't we do that? Why wouldn't Arizona, who's got a fucking shitty ass team, they've been shitty for years. Why wouldn't Arizona go? Let's go get a Vander Kane, six year deal, six million dollar. We're we're gonna get a nine and a half, ten million dollar guy for six million. Who cares? There's gonna be a team out there, Jr. That's going to pay him a lot of money. Of course because, there is, because you always see, you always see you always see some sort of stupidity in 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 free agent signings every year. That, that's what I'm talking you, about. You see that's, some dumb, stupid contract being signed once a year, and I don't know. That's it's, it's so a great that, debate, man. It's a great. It's, this a is great what I'm debate. talking about right now. So we. I, I got to kind of like you, you look at it in, as a different scope. You look at it as a Vander Kane and his representation. They're going to want a long-term deal because he might not get another deal. Okay. He might be done. So they're going to want length, not just about the number. And if you're telling me that he's a nine and a half million dollar player 
and you're going to, and, and a team's out there going, we can get them for 6 million bucks. Let's do it. Let's just do it. JR, did you ever watch Super Troopers? No. A while back, you were traveling across country. You were going to watch no. Super Troopers. Craig is, yeah, but- we're, we're getting caught in a game of Craig's game of repeater. He's playing the repeater with us. He said this three times now. I'm going to edit this 25-minute cane conversation down to seven minutes because Craig has just been repeating. Well, let's let let's let, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting summer for Evander Kane, and you know, good good for him for give, at least putting himself in that in that position to have this conversation because we weren't talking about this three months ago, four months. I'll tell ago you this: I wouldn't pay him so. fucking ten bucks to play on my team. All this talk about all the millions that we're talking about, this kid's going to get. I wouldn't pay him fucking ten dollars. It'd be an overpay. Well, Not in go. a million years would I have him on my team. I don't give a shit if he fucking scored 50 goals for all the well, six years of his of his deal. Not putting him on my team. Well, um, it's going to be interesting to see what teams would would disagree with you because I, I agree with you myself. So Great stuff. Yep. When's the whiskey coming out? Two weeks, baby. Two weeks should be online, up, ready to go. Did you see how many people were tweeting in about where they can get it and when they can get it. Yeah, I will, I will make an announcement to where you can get it online and um, it'll be, it'll be longer in stores, but it'll be available online pretty, pretty much in about two weeks. So great stuff as always. Great, great, great. I'll give you the website. I'll give you the, I'll give you the, uh, the distributor website and, Hopefully everybody supports it and and will love every every aspect of it. So I'm excited. Are you good, Riv? I'm just uh, listen. I love crushing bourbon, uh, and I cannot wait to try this delicious treat. It's it's gonna you're gonna it's gonna blow your socks off. I I, yep. I gave it to I gave it to a distributor yesterday. They were fucking blown away. They're like, yep. this is like one of the best spirits i've ever had in my life and i'm like thank you very much interesting you just called it spirits you don't hear drinks called spirits very often anymore. well ours is ours is ours technically is 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 considered a specialized brand spirit specialized brand spirit so well you are a specialized brand jr and we and we love having you on this (laughs) show that's the way to finish the show right there boom That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.